this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So God's been doing an amazing thing every Sunday. I, how many of you guys have enjoyed um, what God is doing through the word, right? Pastor Chris has brought an amazing word. And the last series was on the fruits of the spirit. And I got to tell you, I've been challenged, confronted. Um, it's been so good for the soul to hear, right, the word and what God says. It's been so funny because the last time that Pastora Gabby preached, I think, I can't remember exactly what she was um, speaking about, but she shared an example about drinking soda. And guys, from now on, my kids, after that preaching, every time I drink soda, they've been like, you're not supposed to drink soda. Remember, Pastora Gabby said, you're not supposed to drink soda. So they've had me on check. But it's good, right? Because we all need that. We all need a little challenge. But we're starting a new series, which is on the names of God. And I named this preaching name, Names Matter, because they do. And really, my objective, my objective this morning is really just to lay a foundation of what God is going to be doing in the next couple of weeks. Pastor Chris will come in and he's going to share the significance of each name, right? But I'm just here to kind of lay a foundation and tell you why names matter. The first point, I think, is because they give us identity. They help shape who we are as people of God. They give us an idea of who we were created to be, right? They give us an insight to the promises of God over our lives. Uh, they determine the course of our lives. And they can be great indicators of the calling that God has for you, for your life. They also give us authority to walk in those promises of God. Because how many of you guys know that there are promises for us? There are promises that God established from the beginning of time for us to walk into. So those names of God, the significance of a name matters. Um, I remember there was a time in my life where I didn't like my name. My name is Hema Juditsa Espinosa. That was my, my birth, my given name, my birth name. And I was born in Nicaragua, but then we transitioned to Canada, and I lived there for a couple of years. And I was literally, I think maybe, like there was three Hispanic kids in that class. Everybody else was Canadian and French. So I felt completely out of water. I mean, I was the only Latin little girl in that room, in that classroom, and nobody knew how to pronounce my name. Everybody would say Jama, Jima, Hima, like you, you would, like you would think how creative people are in like trying to come up with, you know, different ways to say my name. And I remember I just kind of grew up with like that, I guess it was trauma, you know, like just like that insecurity of my name. I just didn't like it. And so I remember when we moved here to Miami, I started fifth grade. And during that summer, I decided to change my name. I was a new kid on the block. Nobody knew me. I was new in the neighborhood. So I decided to change my name to Stephanie. Stephanie happens to be my sister's name, but nobody knew that. So for that entire summer, I was known as Stephanie. Like kids would call me Stephanie. 
And it was the most, like, I look back and I'm like, how, like, that's crazy. Um, but the act wouldn't last long because obviously middle school would start and everybody would know that my name is not Stephanie, it's Hema. But isn't it funny how sometimes when we don't like something about our identity, we try to change it? Isn't that how life is? We don't like something, so we like figure a way to mask it or we figure out a way to kind of like hide our insecurities or hide our fears or hide, you know, what we don't like about us. But the fact that I even changed my name to Stephanie did not change the truth, which the truth was that my name is Hema. That was the name that was given to me. That was my identity. And the truth is the same with the word of God. You see, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're given an identity. You're given an identity from the beginning of time, from the foundation of time, you have an identity. The Bible says that you are forgiven. It says that you are redeemed. It says that you are loved. It says that you are accepted, that you are blameless and holy. That's what the word of God says about you and about me. So it doesn't matter what you try to call yourself. Maybe you've called yourself other names. Maybe you've taken upon an identity that doesn't really compare to what the Lord says about you. All those things, things in your past, things that people have labeled you, things that family, you know, that maybe have set a different tone for your life or have called you different things. Those names do not matter because that doesn't change the truth of God's word, his written word and what he says about you. And that's why it's so important this thing about names, because we really need to know our identity so that when those things come at us, we can stand firm and say, you know what? No, 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 that cannot stick because I am not that, right? I am not, I don't know, I am not maybe stupid or ugly or, you know, if you've had a, a crazy past, you know, I don't know what it is but you are not that. You are more than that. You are a conqueror. You're a new child of God, loved by him, accepted, free. You are free. And that's what the word of God says to us today, that no matter what we've been through, we can stand in his word and his promise and proclaim and live where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that freedom is here and it's, and, and you can walk in it. Amen. I know that one of the most exciting things as parents, how many parents are in the room? Besides the gender reveal, right? One of the most exciting thing is to name a child, right? How many of you guys spent hours? I know we did. We spent hours thinking about, okay, if it's a girl, what are we going to name her? I wanted Abigail Lauren. He just wanted Abigail. So we just stood with, we just sticked with Abigail. But it's an exciting time, right? Because why? Because as parents, there's this hope and this, this, the dreams that we have for that child. We choose a name according to that, right? We choose a name that will live up to those expectations that, that you want to proclaim and prophesy over your child that they're going to be mighty or that they're going to be loved or that they're going to be, I don't know, great. So names matter. And it's the same thing with our God. I think we were wired that way because God is like that. God has named us. He takes his time to name us. He takes his time to form us. Jeremiah 1.5 says that before I formed you, I knew you. I knew you. So 
I pray that that revelation today hits your spirit, that you understand that you are known by a true God, by a real God, that he loves you, and that he has given a purpose for your life, that you have a calling. Amen? We also see this in Genesis when, when God gave Adam the task to name the animals, right? Isn't that pretty cool? That God would call Adam and say, okay, here you go. These are all the animals in front of you, and you get to choose what you're going to call them. I, I just think it's, it's, it, it blows my mind because I think, what, what a creative God. What an amazing God that we have that he would trust us to, to take that lead, right? You see, even with the men in the Bible, Abram, Abram, who was fatherless at 99, got his name changed to Abraham. And he became the father of many, many nations. Jacob, which was known as the manipulator, right? The deceiver. He became Israel, which some meanings say that it means the one that wrestled with God. But there's another meaning that means the prince of God. That's what Israel means. Then Simon in the New Testament, he was known for being unstable. His instability and his character, he what? His name got changed to Peter, which means the rock. And God used him to build his church. Isn't that how crazy, isn't that how amazing our God is? That he would change our names and call us according to this prophetic destiny that he has for all of us? That is so powerful. In Exodus, when God first introduces himself, he uses the word I am, the name I am. When he meets Moses at that burning bush and he has that encounter with Moses and he tells Moses, you know, I'm sending you to the Israelites. I'm sending you to my captive. I've seen their cries. I know that they're captives and I want to use you to deliver them. And he gives him instructions to go to the Israelites and to speak to them. And Moses, being an insecure man, I, I identify with Moses, he didn't want to go because he's like, what am I going to tell them? What am I going to tell these people? They're going to think I'm nuts. And God said, no. I don't know if you have that verse, Exodus 3, 14. Well, Exodus 3, 13 through 14. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to be remembered for all generations. And I just love that God would choose I am to introduce himself. He didn't choose a title. He didn't choose, you know, any other name. He chose a personal name. He chose a name that, will, that would encompass everything that he is. The, the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. He chose a name that has no limits because he's infinite. And he chose this name for himself to introduce himself to his people so that he can meet the people where they're at, at their very need. Isn't that amazing? 
Isn't that how our God is? He's a personal God. He meets you right where you're at. You see, I don't know what you're going through, but God sees it and God knows you. And he wants to reveal himself to you in a personal way, in a way that can only mean something to you. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He changes us. He transforms us. He touches us. And we are never the same. And I pray that you would have that encounter today and for the rest of your lives. That every, every day it's a new encounter. That every day it's a fresh encounter. That we would not settle, right? There's so much more to God. There's so much more to God because he is the I am. Amen? I also find it interesting that in the New Testament, when, when the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Will you teach us how to pray? The first prayer or the first line of that prayer, Jesus tells his disciples, and on, it's in Luke 11, 1 through 3. I don't know if you have it up there. But Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. In other versions, it says, your will be done. But to me, it's so fascinating that Jesus, teaching us how to pray, he would say, Father, may your name be kept holy. Why? Because names matter to God. Because names are a reflection of his identity, of his character, right? So he wants to make sure that no matter what happens in this world, that we understand that he is a holy God, that he is a good God, that he is a mighty God. And that's why Jesus taught his disciples, the first thing you need to do is God. May, Father, may your name be kept holy and will you, may your will be done. In 1 Peter, um, verse 2, chapter 9, I'm sorry, verse, chapter 2, verse 9. Sometimes I struggle with dyslexia, I'm sorry. First Peter 2, 9. If you have it, if you can put it up there. I love this verse because it gives us a description of who God calls us to be. God says that we are a chosen people. God says that we are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Now you received, once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Amen? Amen. Because now we have an identity. We are God's chosen people. You sitting in this room, you are chosen by God. You, the beloved family, we are God's people. And we are royal. We are a holy nation. We are God's possession. We are beloved by God. And he's our defender. He protects us. He fights for us. He gives us what we need. He's our provider. Amen. Names give us an insight to the promises of God over our lives. They determine the course of our lives and they can be great indicators of God's calling for our lives. 
as I mentioned before in Jeremiah verse 1, 5, it says, before I formed you, I knew you. Before I knitted you in your mother's womb, I set you apart. The crazy thing about names too is that they anchor us in the middle of crises and trials. How many of you guys have had a tough year? I think we can all be real here. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It hasn't been easy. I know a lot, lot, a lot of you lost your jobs and have been dealing with sickness and a lot has been going on, right? But names have a way of anchoring us in the middle of those storms. Why? Because they remind us of the promises of God. I want to share with you an intimate story that we lived um, almost 10 years ago. For those of you that do not know, um, we have two beautiful children that are sitting right there in the front row. Ethan's like, yeah. And my, my little one, Ethan Malachi, um, he was born with missing digits on his right hand. And so he doesn't have fingers on his right hand. But I want to share this story because it goes back to how the names anchor us and how they give us an insight to the calling that God has over our lives. I remember, um, you know, before Ethan was even born, we were deciding on a name for a boy because we kind of had the feeling that God was going to give us a boy. And we went over different names and we ended up, I love Ethan, that was my choice, but daddy over there wanted Malachi. So I was like, all right, Ethan Malachi, son, it has a good, uh, it has a good ring to it. Ethan means strong, and Malachi means messenger of God. So we decided to go with Ethan, Malachi. That was before we even knew we were pregnant, right? It was, it was something that we had already kind of talked about. And so when I found out that I was pregnant with my son, at the 20 weeks prenatal appointment, I go into the office, they do, you know, the regular scan, and the nurse starts taking longer than usual. It's not my first pregnancy, I knew what to expect, right? With my first born Abigail, everything was fine. So I knew something was a little off and she kept going back and forth to see the doctor. And she's like, I need to, I, 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 I'm sorry, I have to step out. I need to go see the doctor. So the doctor came back and he was like, look, your son is missing digits on his right hand. I'm sorry this happened. You know, he gives us a diagnosis. And I remember kind of like not like hearing the news, but not really hearing it. You know, when, when you get a news that you're kind of like in shock and you're numb to, to that news, you're just like, what? Like he's talking and you're just, you know, all you see is his lips moving. That was me. And I remember just being so upset at that news because it's, it was unexpected, right? I wasn't expecting that. Nobody expects that. And I remember on our way home in the car, we were just like, what are we going to do with this? You know, like this, we cannot believe this is even happening. Like, you know, this is crazy. And I remember sobbing in the car and getting home. I remember opening the front door. I was mad. I remember stomping to my bookshelf. It was literally like me calling a meeting with God. Have you ever had those moments where you're just like, we need to talk? because this is not good. Like you did not tell me about this. So it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, we need to have a meeting right now. And I remember marching to the bookshelf, being so upset because I literally felt like I was drowning. 
I was drowning. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. I remember going to my bookshelf. I have a huge bookshelf full of books. I remember grabbing my Bible and I said, I need you to speak to me now. I need you to speak to me now because this is too much. I opened the Bible to Psalms 89. Psalms 89. And my eyes land on verse 89, 13. I don't know if you have the verse, Psalms 89, 13. That verse says, powerful is your arm, strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. And I remember at that moment being, it's as if the Holy Spirit just said, no, no, you will not allow the words of those doctors to dictate what Ethan will be. You will not allow that news to come and shatter the destiny that I have for you, for Ethan and your family. It was divine intervention. It was divine intervention. That's the only way that I can describe that moment. I think that's been one of the most real experiences that I've had with the Holy Spirit and the Lord. And I will never forget that. Because at that moment where I felt like I was drowning, the Holy Spirit just took over and he said, daughter, I got you. I have you. And I pray, and I know I can go around the room, and many of us have had those moments where you felt like this is too much, and you've seen the hand of the Lord deliver, because that's who he is. He is good. He is good. And I remember at that moment just being, the peace of God just flooded my heart. And the peace of God just anchored me. It anchored me because I could have lost it. Because I could have, at that moment, when you're in a moment of crisis, you could just say, forget this, right? This is too much. This is not worth it. Forget it. But the Holy Spirit and God in his mercy and his goodness said no, because I have more. And that's what the names of God, that's what they do. That's why it's so important to get to know him. That's why it's so important to anchor your faith to who he is. Because it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. If you're lacking in your life, he is the provider. Amen. If you're sick in your body, he is the healer. Amen. That's what they do. They anchor us. And I remember from that moment on. This was almost 10 years ago. Ethan's going to be 10 now, July 17th. I wouldn't change a thing. I remember when Pastor Chris came to see us the, the day he was born. And Pastor Chris looked at me and he said, you know what? 10 years from now, this is not going to matter. He said that to me. He's, he looked into my eyes and he said, 10 years from now, this is not going to matter. And I kept that in my heart and I said, okay. I'm going to trust that. And I, it's going to be 10 years. And I'm like, it's absolutely true. Because we are so much more than our bodies. We are so much more than what we look like. There is a soul inside of us. The spirit of God inside of us. 
And I know that God has destined my son for greatness. And I know that he will do mighty things for the Lord, right? And that's the same with each and every one of us. That's the same with each and every one of us. He has promises over our lives and they will come to pass because he doesn't lie. He's not a liar. Amen? Another thing that the names of God does for us is that it gives us the authority to walk in those promises of God. Amen? It gives us the authority to say, wait a minute, I know who I am. This is not going to shake me. I know who I'm called to be. And right now, it might not look like that, but I'm walking towards it, right? There's grace. Amen? The great thing, God, for the grace of God. Because we might not be exactly where we need to be, but we're getting there. Amen? There's mercy in him. And the crazy thing is that the enemy knows this more than we do. You see, the enemy has been stripped of all power. All power. Because of what Jesus did on that cross. It is finished. There's nothing that takes away. There's nothing that adds to that. It is finished. And we have that authority. As sons and daughters of God, we have that. And the only authority that the enemy has is the authority that you give him. That's the only authority that he has. And he knows that. And that's why he makes it a goal to try to keep us bound and confused and insecure and fearful and not really knowing who we are in Christ. Because he knows if, if we would walk in that revelation, he has to go. He has to go. He has to release those things that belong to us. Amen? Amen. I remember seeing this so vividly in the spirit on one of, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm, I'm going to share it. We usually take a vacation towards the end of every year. We like to go like to a holiday vacation and we always choose New York because we love New York. It's so magical during Christmas time, the lights, the tree. I mean, if, who's been there? If you haven't been, you should go. It's beautiful during Christmas time. And so we've made it a habit to go or, or, or a tradition to go every year. The last time we went was probably before the pandemic. It was January 2020, right? And we had an amazing couple of days. And on our way back home, it was the last day we were there. We were actually on the subway making our way to the airport. And I had my first real New York encounter. I caught a guy pocket picketing pickpocketing okay there you go a woman's cell phone out of her pocket like I literally stumbled upon upon this encounter I wasn't looking for it it wasn't like I was you know a couple of you know I don't know like a mile away and I saw it no like I'm literally walking towards the train and this guy is in front of me and he's taking out the cell phone from from her pocket and guys, this guy was probably the size of a football player, right? Huge, a giant, like, I mean, huge guy. And I don't know what came over me. I don't even have, I don't have any explanation other than the spirit of God. 
because I remember looking at him, I locked eyes with him, and I said, give her back her cell phone. And I said it in a very, like, you know, mom voice, like when you catch your son, like, doing something bad. I was like, give her back her cell phone. And then I look at the lady. The lady was already, like, she was gone. Like, she had no idea. And I screamed. I'm like, hey, lady, he has your cell phone. So the lady turns around, and she walks to him and grabs the, the cell phone from him. But looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I could have gotten knocked out. I could have gotten punched by the guy. Like, I mean, I, I was not thinking. That was the problem. I wasn't thinking. It just came out of me. It just came out of me. My, my husband was like by, the, by a payphone. He was like a few feet away. So he had no idea this was happening because I'm pretty sure he would have like yanked my, my arm to like, sh you know, be quiet. <clears throat> but literally... I kid you not, in the spirit, when I said, give her back her cell phone, I saw that guy shrink. I saw him shrink. Like in the, in my, in the eyes of my spirit, I saw him shrink to maybe, I don't know, like a 10-year-old. And I remember being shocked by that encounter because I was like, what just happened? Like, I cannot believe this just happened. And I believe that the Holy Spirit allowed me to live that, to show me in the Spirit, really what's inside of us is more powerful than what's in front of us. Amen? That's who we are in the Spirit, because of Him. Because the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Amen? And I remember that marked me. And I was actually praying th th during that week. I'm like, Lord, what's going to be my word for the year? And God was like, I think your word is going to be courage. And it really was something that, that the Spirit did. It was something that came over me. And I believe that God wants us to have that revelation of who we are in Him, of our potential of our authority, that we would walk in that identity, that we will no longer be pushed around by the enemy, that we will no longer be uh, walking around with our heads down, discouraged because of the things that we are living. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the truth of God's word over you. It is written. That's why we need to get in the word of God. That's why we need to spend time with him. That's why we need to read this so that we can know who we are, right? You don't need Pastor Chris or Pastora Gabby or, you know, one of the pastors. You don't need to have all these meetings. You can find out for yourself through the word of God. And God does that. God does that in us as we trust in him. I want to um, end with Ephesians 1.18. I don't know if you have that verse. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his in incomparable great power for all who believe. 
That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is evoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body the fullness of God who fills everything in every way. Amen. What a powerful verse. Paul writes this, and he writes this to us, to his church. And this is more real to us, real thousands of years ago, and it's real for us today. That we have this glorious inheritance we have this glorious inheritance that has been given to us, to me, to you, to you that are sitting under the sound of my voice. You have that inheritance. It's yours. And we can walk in it and we can move in it without fear, without shame, without worry. And I just pray this morning that if you're here, and you walked into this room discouraged, or you're watching online, and you're going through a tough situation, I just pray that today's word has encouraged you, that today you feel the love of the Father telling you, I got you. I have you. I know because I am who I am. So if you're there, I want you to close your eyes. The band can. And I want you to take this moment now to reflect on what's been spoken here. And if you need a fresh start with God today, this morning, the word of God says that his mercies are new every day, that we can come boldly before the throne of his grace and ask Abba to, to make us new, to open the eyes of our understanding if you're there, I want you to have this moment with God that he would anchor you if you're going through a storm, that he would anchor your spirit, that he would give you peace where there is no peace. If you've maybe received a bad report or you know somebody of your family that's going through a difficult time, I want you to speak the promises of God over your lives. I want you to speak the promises of God over that person's life because he is real, because they are real and they are there for us to walk into. Amen. Hallelujah, God reigns. Hallelujah, God reigns forever all my days. Hallelujah, and hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
invite you to stand to your feet. Let's allow God to work in our hearts this morning. A lot of the times uh, when we live experiences in our lives good or bad or mostly tragic or bad they begin to define how we see God and who he really is it alters it and I believe what, what we received in the spirit as we were preparing this message the message was that God was going to reveal who he really is to us that he's gonna, you know, do away with the lies that sometimes that we embrace in the middle of a crisis or an event that happened. That he was gonna shatter the fear. That he was gonna bring light into darkness, and so we can see clearly who he really is. Because if we see him for who he is, the the devil in this world cannot do anything to put us down. So just lift up your hands. I just want to pray for you, Father. I thank you for what you've been doing, my God, today in this service. For every person, man, woman, child that's here, Lord, thank you because you are unveiling and revealing yourself for who you really are, my God. I pray that every lie is shattered right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, my God, that every altered image of who you are, my God, is taken away. I pray in in those areas that we haven't been able to see you clearly because of the darkness that's invaded us. I pray that your light, my God, invades that in the name of Jesus. And where man has failed and man has wounded and man has hurt, you, my God, come, the faithful one, the good father, the I am. You are everything that we need. You rise up, my God, and bring truth in every one of our hearts today, Lord. I pray, my God, as we move on in this series, as we begin to see and hear of who you are, everything changes for us and our generations. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.